0: Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We're glad that you're joining us today. Stay tuned for today's message. Enjoy, and God bless. Hey, my name is Aaron. I serve as a college pastor at Restoration Church, and so we give our honor to Jesus for this opportunity, and honor our lead pastor, uh, Huey, for this opportunity to preach and teach God's word to God's people. And also want to honor the Five Points campus pastors here, Pastor and Pastor Vondria here at our Five Points campus. Man, God, God is doing some some really cool things here at Five Points. There's a family neighborhood uh, culture, I believe, God is building here. And he's going to do amazing things through you all. And I just praise God just to, to, to see what God is doing in the midst of Five Points campus. So for having me this morning. Let's go straight to the word this morning. I'll be reading from the New King James translation, and it reads as follows. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, and offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named the is fitting for saints neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting which are not fitting but rather giving of thanks for this you know that no fornicator unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God verse 6 let no one deceive you with empty words for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience therefore do not be partakers with them you were once darkness. Everybody say was this with me, but now, but now you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with an unfruitful of darkness, but rather expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk in circumspectly or cautiously, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dispensation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21, submitting to one another. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Holy Spirit, I thank you for already meeting us here this morning. Come to each individual heart. Open up our eyes, God. Open up our ears. Open up our heart. Open up our mind to receive a word from your word in Ephesians 5 this morning, God. Holy Spirit, give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation, God. Hide me behind the cross, God. Speak what is true in our hearts, God. Stretch our faith. Help us see you. Help us hear you and help us follow you because we love you. Help us to imitate you, God. Holy Spirit, continue to guide our next few moments together in your word. Be glorified, and Holy Spirit, have your way in this house. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said. Amen, amen. Thank you, Pastor Onesimo, man. I'm so glad you're part of our family. Let's give Pastor Onesimo a hand. He did a wonderful job leading worship this morning. Thank you, my brother. So we are back in our series through the book of Ephesians entitled The Journey of a Jesus Follower, and I'm telling you, this series has really been stretching me, and today we're going to be looking at the title Active Faith. Say that with me. Say Active Active. Faith. One more time. Active Active Faith. Now, when you think of the word active, you, you, you think of, of movement. You, you don't think of like a pond that's kind of stagnant and still, but there, there, there's some movement. There, there's some seismic earthquake-type activity when it comes to our faith in Jesus. So when we're talking about active faith as a Jesus follower, we need to understand what that word active means, and, and, and Paul lays out for us what an active faith looks like. And we're going to be looking at what faith does in love, what faith does in light and what faith does in wisdom. So you may want to take some notes just to have some nuggets to look throughout your week so we can be obedient to what we hear today. So the, the word active, a great definition that I, uh, that I discovered was the following. Active means engaging or ready to engage in an energetic pursuit. Engaging or ready to engage in an energetic pursuit. Now, I played basketball back in high school, and there was something that uh, our coach would teach us when it came to defense, especially if the team got a rebound and and they they threw a long ball trying to get a quick layup or a dunk. We we do do something called a chase-down block or a a chase-down tip play, and you literally have to drop everything you're doing and actively run as hard hard as you could to stop the ball from getting into the goal. Now, some of our teammates, they were a little rougher than others, so they would actually tackle the guy and knock him down, which would be a foul. Um, I would go for the block sometimes. Uh, some guys would try to tip the ball out of the hands of the defender going for the layup. And so th- th- this word active, there's, th- th- there's movement to it, that there is an intentionality, that there is a pursuit of something or someone that must be had because of our faith. Listen, the, the way that you entered into the kingdom should be the way you continue through the kingdom. The same faith that saves you is the same faith that carries you. It's the same faith that, that, that creates this, this active activity, this, this movement to pursue God with all of your heart, with everything that you are. So we're going to be looking at what active faith does and what active faith does not do. Now, I, I want to kind of lay a foundation really fast before we go into these verses. Please, 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 because God, God corrected me on this while I was studying. Don't read these verses as a to-do list. This, this is not a to-do list. This is a to-be list. Listen, our doing comes from our being, and our being is in Christ. So don't, don't, don't get this, this religious. Oh, I gotta i got to not drink wine, or i got to avoid course. No, 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 no. Because I'm saved, because of the gospel message, I can do this through Christ. I can say no to these things. I can walk in life because I'm in a relationship with him. So, again, please, please, please. This is not a to-do list. This is a to-be list. Please hear my heart in that. All right. Verse 1 and 2. Let's walk through these verses again slowly together. Verse 1 reads, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. The, the Bible uh, written by Paul to the church in Ephesus, Paul is saying we need to be imitators or, or copycats, mimickers of God. And he gives us a more specific way to imitate and shifts our focus to Jesus and what Christ did for us. So as we walk in love, we must look to what Christ has done for us. Let's first define love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8 in the message translation. And I want to kind of lay, lay some groundwork for the word love when it comes to having an active faith. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Hello. Love doesn't strut or show off, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, it doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Real quick sidebar, turn off the scoreboard. Turn off the scoreboard. Forgiveness and faith are married. Don't divorce them. Faith and forgiveness, are, they are they, they, they are together. So if you have an act of faith, you are actively (laughs) forgiving others who have hurt you, no matter what they did. Because we did the ultimate thing to Jesus with our sin and our selfishness, and he chose to forgive us. Verse 6. Love doesn't reveal when others grovel. It takes pleasure in flowering of the truth. And so... Verse 7 says, puts up with anything. Love trusts God always. Love always looks for the best. It never looks back. Love keeps going to the end. So that's, that's the activity of love. It, it never dies. It inspires speech one day, and praying in tongues will end, but the, the love, will, understanding will, will reach its limit. So listen, love is the foundation for active faith. This is the love of Jesus that we're talking about. Walking in love is fundamental for living a life of active faith. And we imitate God by initiating our focus at the finished work of Christ. So in Romans 5.8, the word reads as follows when it comes to us imitating. So who who, who am I copying? I'm copying Christ. Romans 5.8 reads: But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. This is not a feely unicorn rainbow love, y'all. This is a sacrificial love beyond emotion. This is a choice. This is a sacrificial whatever the cost to me, even if it's my life, love. True love. Is, the, is, is, is God's love activating your faith? Please hear my heart. Faith without love is like trying to drive a car and park. Put that bad boy in park, and you just rev the engine. It looks cool. Sounds cool. You got got the rubber going behind you. You got the smoke going. Sounds real nice. But you're not going anywhere. There's no movement. Galatians 5.6. Listen to this. Galatians 5.6 reads as follows when it comes for having an act of faith fueled or carried by love. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. Let's make this in modern terms. It doesn't matter if you rev the engine, it doesn't matter how cool you sound, it doesn't matter how how cool your Facebook posts are, your your Twitter feed, how cool you think you are, it doesn't have any value only thing that counts to God is faith expressing itself through love, through love. So are you allowing God's love to activate the activity of your faith? Is your faith led by love? Because if it's not led by love, you might want to put a question mark on your faith. And really do a self-check by the Spirit of God. Am I loving others? Am am, am I living out First Corinthians 13? Is is my faith active? Listen, right relationship with God through Christ is critical. And 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 as Jesus followers, we we must be in tune with Jesus. He's leading us. He's boss. He's the boss. I love my boss. He's awesome. (laughs) He leads us, he guides us, he stretches us, he challenges us. He, he wants our, our faith to, to become active and then make, make other faith active in, in other people so that they too can come along with us in this journey that we're calling life as we follow Jesus together. And so we cannot imitate God without being like Christ through sacrificial love. So, what does sacrificial love look like according to Paul? As Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, Paul transitions from the call to imitate God's love by then allowing our act of faith to overcome a three-letter word that's not talked about and taught enough and preached about in the church, and that word is called sin. Sin is not befitting of a Jesus follower, and I praise God we took communion this morning to to remind ourselves of the finished work of Jesus, that we are cleansed, we are forgiven, there's no (laughs) condemnation in Christ, And I can move forward from my past. Let the past stay the past, man. Leave the past behind you. And so remember, our 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 doing comes from our being. So we're gonna look at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 3 through about 7 to to possibly eight here. And I really wanna really want to just stretch what an act of faith looks like when it comes to overcoming sin that has already been defeated and broken by the finished work of Jesus Christ. Let's start at verse 3. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting which are not fitting, but rather giving the thanks. Verse 5, for this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of God. Verse 6, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Verse 7, underline it, highlight this verse. This is so key. This is the context of of, of these first few verses. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Listen, Jesus wants to sanctify us through and through. And sanctification simply means God wants to make me more and 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 more like Jesus throughout my entire life. Spirit, soul, body. More like Jesus. The way I think is more like Jesus. The way I speak is more like Jesus. How I say what I say more like Jesus. That's a big one. Because you can speak truth and cut people and cut them down to condemnation. Listen, speaking truth in love is an act of compassion. Compassion. But truth without love, that's condemnation. So it's important that, that we, we become more and more like Jesus. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23, it speaks of this becoming through an act of faith, this, this, this becoming more like Christ, and, and all that we say, think, and do, and are sleeping, and our, 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 our rising and everything that, that we do. Now, may the God of peace himself, this is a personal ministry of God in our own life. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole soul, I'm sorry, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So these, these things that Paul lists when it comes to covetedness, fornication, these the sexual sins, the, 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 the idolatry that we're going to talk about here in a little bit, all of those things come from an inactive faith because your faith in Jesus should express a hatred towards sin, especially your own. Mirror talk. (laughs) Look at me first. I have to look at myself first because sin sin has already been dealt with. And so these things, Paul says, these things are are not fitting or befitting of a Jesus follower, but instead giving thanks no, no foolish talk, no, no, no filthiness, no, no coarse jesting. No coarse jesting. That, that simply means, man, keep your jokes clean. It's okay to joke. Laughter is a gift. But don't taint it with, <laughs> with some nasty jokes. It's really simple. Will your words build them up or tear them down? Stepping stone or stumbling? My mom preached that a few months ago, by the way. You you should watch that sermon. It's really, really good. So listen, we can say no to these things through the Holy Spirit by God's grace. But listen, and I I pray for the body of Christ here, especially in America. We we can't preach a cheesy grace message. (laughs) We don't have time for that. It, 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 it tears people down. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Romans 12, verse 9. Active faith hates one's own sin because of the love of God living within us, and it activates a faith to say no to sin. In Romans chapter 12, verse 9, it reads as follows. Let love be without hypocrisy or sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Does God's love in your heart teach you to hate your sin? That's a fruit of an act faith. Not hating yourself. Please don't misunderstand this. Hating sin. Hating selfishness. Hating self-centeredness. The things that, 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 that take us away from the goodness of God. The, the, the things that, that make us not hear him and we do our own thing and we, we, we begin to damage others. Does the love of God teach you to hate your own sin? Because if it does, you'll run to God and not run to the sin. you know, it's, its almost like a—it's almost like seeing a baby puke in the floor, and you're like, "Ew, no, that's gross, that's nasty. I don't want to deal. No, no." And be, be, and before you know it, this love is—is is just drawing you to the Father, like God. That—that that, no, you—you you freed me from that, Abba. That's what an act of faith looks like when it comes to using our faith to say no to sin. And listen to what, what God says about grace. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 12. Listen to this. I love this verse. It's one of my favorite verses in the New Testament. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 12. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, Teaching us that denying ungodly and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Some translations say grace trains us. Grace is our teacher. It teaches us to say no to sin and yes to Jesus. Grace doesn't just save you. Grace trains you. Grace doesn't just save you. Grace trains you, if the grace of God, please hear my heart, Help me I say this right, Holy Spirit. If the grace of God is a license for you to do whatever you think you want to do and say, oh, I'm covered by grace, that's not real grace. It's not real grace because real grace that's received, will you'll, you'll let it go, go deep and you'll, you'll, you'll let it turn some things and, and transform some things and, and activate a love that hates sin. And you'll be like, grace, train me. Teach me to say no to myself. Teach me to say no to sin because that's what freedom looks like. That's what he did for us on the cross. So grace doesn't just save us, but an act of faith is trained by grace. And so we, we see this grace by, by staring at Jesus. We have to learn just to have a good old staring contest with Jesus. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Because we, we can learn just to stare at Jesus and see who he is and behold him and become like him through and through. Man, we, we begin to truly live a life of active faith. Verse 1 in Hebrews 12. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded By so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Verse 2, it reads as follows in Hebrews chapter 12. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down, at the right hand of the throne of God. Where are you looking? Where are you looking? Where is your faith focused? Is your faith active or is your faith stagnant? Now, we we love to talk about faith when it comes to miracles and and spiritual gifts and and, and doing great things for God, and that is true and that is good, and I celebrate that. That's part of being a Christian. We walk in the supernatural. That's a normal lifestyle for us, hopefully. Hopefully. I pray that's the normal lifestyle for you. If it's not, he can help you do it. But it's also dealing with the practicality that we still live in a fallen, sin sick world with temptations. And we can overcome it with an active faith. Somebody say active faith. Act faith. You know, for me, um, one of my, uh, well, let me use past tense verbs, a, ver- uh, a, a sin that I have been delivered from was pornography, and the grace of God radically changed my taste, and it was a process. So I had community of brothers around me who, who loved me, who, who would challenge me, say, hey, man, give me your cell phone. Hey, turn your laptop off. Hey, what, what's going on, man? Like, they, they would check on me for accountability purposes. I remember Nathan, you, uh, Chris, Marshall Randall, I mean, we, we, we were like... We were like the Avenger Christians, man. <laughs> like, we, we went to this small group at, at a friend's house in South Huntsville, and he, he, he discipled us for almost four years. And that was one thing that we all walked through together and overcame together by the grace of God. I remember a few weeks before I got married, I was staying with a friend, you know, <laughs> keeping and maintaining my purity in, in Christ, amen. And I, I had this urge, Pastor Barron, that temptation came back. And I was like, why, God? I wanted to grab my phone. Go to that website that was still trying to lurk up and come up. But the Holy Spirit whispered something to me in that moment. He said, Aaron, I love you. That's all he said. That's all he said, Jay. Aaron, I love you. Every sin, every uh, struggle, every sin we're going to read here in Ephesians 5, every sin is rooted in fear. It's rooted in fear and it's rooted in idolatry. But let me tell you something about fear. Fear does not stand a chance against perfect love because perfect love casts out all fear. It kicks it off the cliff every time. If you will just receive it and let the love of God activate an active faith. In verse seven, Paul warns us to not partake or join in with those who walk in these types of sins. Paul is not saying, don't be missional. Don't miss this. He, he's, he's saying, don't join in with their choices. Yes, you could be around them. We're in the world, but not of it, so you can be around them, love them, connect with them, be a witness, make disciples, all the biblical commands given to us by Jesus. Amen. But what Paul is saying is don't join in with their behavior. Your face should look distinctly different than from the world. You can't mix stuff. It doesn't look like Jesus. In fact, it dilutes the power of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. A holy life is lived by the grace of God. We cannot join in with their sinful choices, but instead, we must learn to walk in light. And that's my next point walk in light. Verses 8 through 14. An act of faith does not get sleepy at the wheel. (laughs) We are light, we are no longer darkness. Do you hear me? We are light. Jesus said it we are light. You are no longer darkness. That that is past tense behind us. Don't partner with your past, church. Don't partner with your past. Help us partake of our new nature. We are light in Christ. And we we shine the light through through vulnerability and and through intentionality and and through through transparency. We must learn to wake up. Verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Let me stop here for a second. I'm I'm give you a quick historical background about the church in Ephesus. There was a lot of witchcraft. Loose lips, loose lives, loose activity in, 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 the, in the city of Ephesus. And so Paul, Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus saying, look, you, you, you need to be missional, but you need to look distinctly different than the community around you. You need to be, be, be able to be a light that, that draws them in from darkness so that God can then transfer them from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And so that, that, that's, that, that, that's the, 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 uh, the, the context of of, of, of what Paul is, is dealing with in this church because Paul didn't want them to be safe but still messing around in sin, to be distinctly set apart, holy, holy not just positional holiness but practical holiness. As the culture around us gets dark and dark and gets darker and darker. Our active faith should be making our light in Christ brighter and brighter. I don't care how dark it gets in this nation. Your light should shine brighter in your community, in your workplace, in your families. Let your light shine, Restoration Church Five Points Campus. I call you to shine Last year, uh, my wife and I, we went to uh, a wedding where Melissa's uh, uncle, so now my uncle-in-law, was getting married, and we drove to Virginia. About a 12 to 14 hour drive. Ooh, it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> we had a full car. We, we, we rented an SUV from uh, Enterprise, and I'm going to be honest, I'm not a great night driver, okay? Uh, but listening, we drive, like, six to seven hours. I probably got two in me, maybe three. <laughs> but uh, it was time for us to switch out. And I took the wheel. We're probably like, I want to say we were maybe Richmond. We were getting close. But it was early in the morning. And there was a big fog outside. It's really hard to see. And I'm tired, y'all. I don't do coffee, for real. So I don't have something to boost me up. I got my worship music going, but let's be real. Sometimes worship music puts you to sleep because it's so good. Right? <laughs> right. And so I'm, I'm, I'm becoming sleepy at the wheel. And I'm really, you know, trying to, trying, trying to keep my awareness high. <laughs> and I doze off, y'all, at the wheel for about 30 seconds. And you know, when you, when you doze, you, you go off the road, you hit that little white line on the road. <laughs> Woke me up, and Melissa was like, Aaron! <laughs> we promptly pulled over and switched. <laughs> she had had enough <laughs> of my drowsy driving. <laughs> the reason that our active faith cannot become sleepy at the wheel. It's because the fog of this world, when we don't turn our lights on, when we don't turn the high beams on, we can get dozed and doused to sleep. And before we know it, our faith that was active becomes sleepy, Stagnant. And then we just become robots in our faith and we can end up hurting ourselves and others when we become sleepy on our journey as a Jesus follower. Because I didn't turn my high beams on, my level of awareness was low. The light arouses an awakening, but yet I did not turn the high beams on. I ended up not turning on my high beams, and so I could not see. I thought I had it. I thought I could do this with my, Wonderful experience driving long distances, but that was pride. And then I fell asleep in the wheel, and that, that became a, a moment of danger. Listen, the root of every sin is some form of idolatry. And so when, when, when Jesus, when, when Paul writes, you know, let, let, let Christ shine his light on you to, to, to wake you up, that's a very serious thing. Because if you're in darkness, it's hard to perceive the light. Because the darkness then becomes the norm. And we must allow an act of faith to wake us up from that sinful slumber. Exodus chapter 20, verses 3 through 4 says this. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath. Or that is in the water, or that is in the water under the earth. Let me explain to you that the stages of sin. We really got to understand this so we can really have an active faith. And I know we're we're hitting sin hard. We're about to get the wisdom. But we've really got to understand how an active faith gives us an already victorious lifestyle because of the finished work of Jesus. So sin is like fog. Sin distorts our faith. It suppresses our hope. And it hinders our love. We must not partner with sinful choices and cause our active faith To become a stagnant faith, because a stagnant faith is the fruit of idolatry. Idolatry simply means this. Anything or anyone is more important than God. And it is taking the place of God sitting on the throne of your heart. That's an idol. It can be, I'm going to go there, football. It could be sports. Let me go and take it a little bit further. It could be Alabama football. I love you guys so much. Auburn, too. Auburn, too. And listen, God God gives us gifts to enjoy, y'all, but not to make more important than him. Because that's sin. God is jealous for us. He wants us. He wants us close. And so an act of faith readily engages in overcoming idolatry. James chapter 1, verses 13 through 15 When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. This is a graphic image of partaking and partnering with sin in your life as a Jesus follower. First temptation comes, it woos you. It's like a desire, like a, well, for me, like, like, like chocolate brownies with fudge and whipped cream kind of drawing me in, right? And then once the evil desire drags you away, you are now then enticed. That, that word enticement simply means to kind of coax to sleep. And then the conception of desire, sin is then born, and then sin grows up into this monster called death. We need to stop flirting with monsters as Jesus followers and kill them, slit its throat with the word of God. Slay it. Yes, Lady D. Yes, ma'am. As we actively pursue the light of Christ to expose and overcome sin, our sleepiness will be transformed to an alertness and a cautiousness to say no to sin and yes to Jesus. Now. This is my favorite part of the verses right here, verses 15 through 18 in Ephesians 5. As you turn there, I'm going to read this to you. We're We're going to Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 18. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is how active faith can walk in wisdom. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is how active faith can walk in wisdom. Let's read together. Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 18. It says, see then that you walk circumspectedly or cautiously, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, which is dispensation, but be filled, with, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Wisdom, remember to write this down for your week. Biblical wisdom is the ability to see something from God's viewpoint, embracing God's vantage point, or God's character in the many practical affairs of life. I love that definition. That's righteousness, y'all. God's character in the many practical affairs of life. So I have to ask you a question, Jesus followers saints of God, what are you feeling yourself with? What is feeling your faith? What are you feeling yourself with? What, 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 are, you, what are you taking in? What, what are your eyes seeing? What, what, what are your ears hearing? Because, listen, our decisions reflect our feeling. Now, when I say feeling, I'm not saying F-E-E-L-I-N-G, not, not emotions. I'm talking about your feeling, F-I-L-L-I-N-G. What are you filled with? Who are you filled with? Because listen, what we fill ourselves with, we will eventually follow. What we fill ourselves with, we will follow. We will. You know, in, in, on, on a, I'm going to keep our car example for a second. Our, our car has different lights on it, it has different directional uh, outputs, if you will. And you have your blinker, you have your high beams, you have your brake lights. All those lights that, that show a course of direction, you're communicating to other drivers that, hey, I'm turning left here, so you want to turn your left blinker on and then turn right. That would cause confusion and probably a car accident. So when you think of car lights, think of wisdom. But the lights in a car will not work if your car is empty. If you don't have any gasoline, if you don't have any fuel, first of all, it's not even going to crank. Hello. So you're really not going anywhere. You can't walk in wisdom without the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry I, that, that's blunt, but I love you. Right. You can't walk in wisdom without the Holy Spirit. You have to have a reliance and a feeling continually of the Holy Spirit. I, I love waking up in the morning when, when my, wife, my, my wife leaves for work. I mean, I crank my worship music, and before I do anything in the house, I am just, God, feel me today. I need you today, Abba. Holy Spirit, come. Feel me. Feel my mind. Feel my, my mouth. Feel my soul. Feel my spirit. I need you. And I just begin to worship God and, and fill myself with Him. It's, it's, like, it's like throwing a sponge in a bucket and letting the water just get soaked in. So then the activity of the sponge is effective. We can't minister dry. We cannot minister dry, y'all. We must have an active, faith. There's a story. We're not going to read it. Um, it's a story in the Old Testament, 2 Samuel 13, verses 1 through 19. Um, it's a story of uh, one of David's sons, and he is uh, <laughs> he's filling himself with the wrong things. Long story short, he ends up raping his sister because he was so lustfully in love with her and made a very poor choice. You can go back and read it this week It's 2 Samuel 13, 1 through 19. 2 Samuel 13 verses 1 through 19. And he, he filled himself with lust and with fantasy and with these things that, that hindered and suppressed the faith in God to, to live a righteous life as King David's son and up making a very poor choice. He filled himself with those things, and he ended up following that thing and damaging a very beautiful woman in King David's kingdom. His own sister. It can become difficult to follow the Holy Spirit directionally without knowing him devotionally. It can become difficult to follow the Holy Spirit directionally without knowing him devotionally, intimately, passionately. In other words, it's hard for us to make choices of direction when I'm not pursuing Jesus with an act of faith. As we continually fill ourselves with the Spirit of God, we can then walk in the wisdom of God as healthy Jesus followers. And avoiding sin and saying no to sin helps our stagnant faith become alive to the wisdom of God. We can make godly choices as we redeem the time, as we recognize that this world is getting darker and darker. And as Paul says, to, to be filled with the Spirit. And so I, I, I want to end with a couple things to really activate and hopefully the Holy Spirit will make your faith active again if it's become dry, if, if it's become um, um, stagnant. An active faith moves with the movement of God. An active faith has an active praise. In verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we praise God with thanksgiving in our heart, God will use our active faith to activate faith in the lives of others. Praising God is an active pursuit of God. And verses 19 through 20, this is a community command. We're actually actually about to obey it together here in a little bit. It's a community command. This is a a one another verse. A one another verse. It says to sing, set a fire down there. I'm singing toward Nathan because it stirs up something in him. It stirs up a faith in him. Like Yeah. Yeah, Lord set a fire in my, yeah, yeah, I I, want to be here with you. It it does something. It it, activates faith. It activates faith. Verse 21, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Active faithful will actively serve and submit to others out of a reverence, out of a a healthy fear, a healthy uh, uh, respect of God. I was 12 years old, we went horseback riding one time. I got a big jet black horse, big muscles. He was a majestic sight to behold. But he was known for doing his own thing on the path sometimes. And we got on that horse, and we got to the end of the path. And all of a sudden, he just started bucking, and he just took off. Ah, I'm screaming. (laughs) Because I I, I, I didn't spur him. I, I didn't say, yeah, he just took off. And by the end of the day, I had a very healthy fear of that horse because I knew that he could be powerful anytime he wanted to listen the fear of God is not something that we're like oh God no it's it's a and respect you and so because of that an act of faith says because I respect God Nathan how can I serve you how can I love you because I reverence God and my that concludes today's message. Thanks again for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We pray that you have been encouraged and empowered in your journey of following Jesus. If you would like to learn more about Restoration Church, please visit our website by going to r4sq.org. We pray you have a great week. God bless.